Hello, and welcome to episode 104 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And that was a struggle to get that far in the podcast, but we got there. <laughs> Finally, we got there. Good thing you guys didn't have to hear all that. Yes, that's what the delete <laughs> button's for. Yeah, we started off on a great note today. <laughs> yeah, so this week we're kind of going to do some like quick analysis, maybe throw some Keldheim cards into some decks, or just some shells of some decks. We don't want to step too much on our like preview show, mm-hmm. but this is like the only thing going on in Magic right now. Yeah, and like the world's on fire, so. Yeah, so we're going to do that. If you'd like to tweet us uh, how you want to use some of these Keldheim cards, you can get at us at Casual Tripod on Twitter. Yep, you can also hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. If you want to drop us an email, you can do so at show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Uh, don't forget, if you're looking to pre-order any of this stuff or get some sealed product or whatever, all that should be up for pre-order on TCG Player. And if you're going to buy stuff through there, please use our TCG Player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Anything you purchase after following that link, we'll get a sliver of to help keep the show rolling. And if you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Uh, patrons get to listen to our voices twice a week because they get our uh, pre-show ramblings that we post like Tuesday or Wednesday. They also get early access to our show notes so they know what's coming up on the show for the week. Uh, don't forget we have a YouTube channel, Casual Tryhard MTG on YouTube. Not a whole lot on there right now other than basically just another way to watch the show, but occasionally we do throw up videos uh, maybe we'll do something when Keldheim drops, throw a draft up there or something. We tend to do that kind of stuff like early in a season. Maybe we'll do a sealed or a draft on Arena and throw it up there. Uh, we also have our Discord channel. Should be a link in the description. There's a link on Facebook. There's a link on Twitter. If you want to get in and can't find any of those links or the links don't work for you, get at us however you can and we'll send you a personalized invite to get in there. Uh, Discord is a great way for you guys to let us know what you're thinking. Let us know if you have any questions or things you want to hear about in particular. So make sure you hop over there and get at us. Yeah, I I slipped up today. I gave my hot Kaldheim spec in the general channel. (laughs) Oh, man. And I'll give it right right. here. Buy Snowlands now. Yeah, Uh, they are almost strictly better than basic lands. Yes, and by almost like there's not a there's not a punish for them, right? Supposedly there's one coming in this set. Okay, there'll be one punish. Yep. So it'll be blue, it'll exile the land or something. Something. Or it'll be blue and green. Blue and green and exile the land. And give your opponent a three three. Yeah. Oh, it'll turn <laughs> it'll steal your land and turn it into an elk. It'll just be like Oh, it'll elk it. S- it'll just be Snowco. It'll just be Snowco. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be called Snowco. It'll take the land from you and turn it into an elk. It'll just do all the things on Oko. Perfect. It'll make you a food. It'll steal their land and turn it into a 3-3 for you. It'll be great. Perfect. But okay. it's still a land, so you can use it. It's still a land, so you can tap it. Yep. Good point. Good point. We don't, we don't want to lose that functionality. Right. So, like we said, we don't want to go over like too much of the spoiler stuff or like what we do in our normal pre-show or preset show. Mm-hmm. But we can kind of look at some cards that have some interesting abilities that yeah, might not be very like con- different than like what we've been seeing. 
yeah, they might not end up being constructed playable. They might be commander playable. Yeah. Or they're just, these might just be interactions you hadn't thought of. Mm-hmm. So we're going to work through some of those and hopefully still leave some meat on the bone for the, the set review show. No, oh, I have a feeling there'll be plenty of meat left on the bone. Yeah. All right. So the first one that I kind of wanted to talk about real quick was Vorinclex. It's a six mana, six, six, four green, green for a six, six trample haste. It says if you would put one or more counters on a permanent or player, put twice that many of each of those kinds of counters on that permanent or player instead. And then it says if an opponent would put one or more counters on a permanent or player, they put half that many of each kind of those counters on that permanent or player rounded down. So it's a part it's a doubling season for you and it's a halving season for your opponent. If okay. that makes sense. Yeah. So there's kind of two different ways that you could go about building uh, with Vorinclex in it. I don't necessarily mean like in Brawl or whatever, but just in general. In Historic, we do have access to Winding Constrictor and Conclave Mentor, which both kind of play nicely with Vorinclex. Yeah. You end up with a whole bunch of counters. And there's plenty of things you can do with counters. Uh, Stone Coil Serpent and you know, like basically that whole deck. So you could definitely go like the plus one, plus one counter route, but it's also kind of worth investigating the fact that it's all permanents that you double the counters for, which means that anytime you play a planeswalker, it's going to enter with double loyalty and all of the pluses are going to put double the plus for loyalty as well. Yeah. You don't think about it when you play a planeswalker, but the permanent is entering and then getting the counters. Right. So you're adding counters to it. Just like if you cast like a swift end on a planeswalker, it Mm -hmm. dies, but those counters are removed from the planeswalker. Right. So like uh, the the four mana Chandra from war, if you like killed it, you still took a bunch of damage. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, so planeswalkers are always just going to be probably ready to alt as soon as you play them. Yeah, most of them are ultable and will probably stick around um, if there's a Vorin clicks in play when you play them. Um, I kind of went through the list of what's available in historic, which is like anything that's on arena and came up with kind of a greatest hits of some of the broken stuff you can do by playing a planeswalker with a Vorin clicks in play. And the first two are both Liliana's uh, Liliana waker of the dead lets you alt and stick around and it'll give you an emblem that lets you reanimate something from a graveyard every turn, which is awful hard for your opponent to come back from. Also, Dreadhorde General makes your opponent sack everything except for one of each type of permanent, which is also pretty tough to come back from, especially if you've made it to, you know, like turn seven or whatever. Garrick Unleashed, the four mana Garrick from Core 21. Gives you an ultimate where you tutor for a creature and put it into play every turn. So you don't have to cast it. You just get to find the best thing out of your deck and put it into play. Seems pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Nissa who shakes the world will fetch all of the forests out of your deck and make all your lands indestructible with her ult. And I believe she still sticks around at that point also. Yeah, she should. So you still get to, you know, plus one her and 
make your indestructible forest three threes every turn. Uh, four fours? Three threes. No, six sixes. Oh, they're six sixes. Yeah, because you would double the number of counters they get. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Both of the Vraskas, Vraska Golgari Queen and Vraska Relic Seeker, make your opponent almost lose the game. I forget which one's which, but one of them gives your opponent, it makes their life total one. And the other one gives all of your creatures player death touch. So basically, as soon as a creature connects with your opponent, they're going to die. Chandra, uh, Pyromaster, the one from Core 21 that was brought back in... Was it Amonkhet Remastered? Was it Amonkhet or Kaladesh? Had to be Amonkhet Remastered. Let's you look at the top 10 cards of your library and pick an instant or sorcery and copy it three times, which probably should end a game. And Chandra, Torch of Defiance... Uh, gives you an emblem where you deal five damage to any target whenever you cast a spell, which should probably end the game in pretty short order. We also have Bolas Dragon God. Makes you win the game if your opponent doesn't control a legendary something. You just win the game. And you get to do that as soon as he comes out, and I believe he sticks around as well. He has uh, loyalty left over. Ugin also. Uh, will gain seven, draw seven, put seven permanents in play, and stick around. And be at three loyalty. Yeah. So all of those things should pretty much win the game outright, if not very close to. And then we have kind of two weird ones. So Hobo Jace from Ixalan. Will oh, Hobo Jace. He'll give you infinite Hobo Jaces. Which then gives you infinite tutus. It does. So kind of interesting. Yep. yep. In, in uh, Samut the Tested, when that's from I'm in, or War, not War Spark, uh, Our Devastation. When she alts, she lets you tutor for two legendary things, and you can tutor for Planeswalkers, and you put them right into play, which and then are going to come in with double loyalty and let you alt right away. Yes. Um, go get a new you could, again. Well, yeah, I mean, you could probably chain Samuts, too. Like, if you had four oh, yeah. in your deck, you could Samut, get a Samut and something else, get a Samut and something else, get a Samut and something else. Then your last one, you'll get two something else's. If you need to. Like, your opponent should be pretty dead by then, I think. Yeah, that you probably have picked up their cards. Yeah. Like I said, those are kind of the greatest hits of, you know, what you can do on Arena as far as ulting Planeswalkers. And Voron Clicks lets you do that pretty quick i mean you still got to get to six mana you get the ramp to it but you still got to hit six mana and then like take your next turn and Vorn clicks has to survive but something to think about for sure yeah i mean if nothing else like i'm pretty sure this is a like thing that you will do in brawl oh yeah, yeah, yeah. right you like Vorn clicks as your commander and you're just like well well then you're kind of stuck in mono green though yeah but i, I guess your nissa Vivian, yeah, like both Ugin. Vivians. You still get Ugin. Ugin, both yeah. Ugins. Yeah, the other Ugin doesn't really have an alt though. This is fair. Yeah, you don't get to go like green black, right? If you just always know that like you are on six, you're going to play this guy, mm-hmm. and then on seven, you're just going to do something dumb with a planeswalker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and like a bunch of the Garricks make your stuff like indestructible and plus two plus two or whatever. And I think Vivian's ults are 
more of the same. Yeah, the the five mana Vivian is they get like plus two plus two and like all the keywords. Yeah, keyword soup. Yeah, makes all your creatures questing beasts. <laughs> yes, it does. The the two cards I picked two cards. Uh, you did go together. Cards. At least I think they do. And this is for uh, your favorite colors, uh, the Jund, the Jundy boys. Jund, Jund, Jund. So we've got Binding of the Old Gods, which is an uncommon saga for two mm-hmm. black green. Chapter one is destroy target non-land permanent and opponent controls. So, so it's, it's a removal spell. It's just a removal spell. Yeah. A four mana removal spell. So it's a little bit expensive. Yeah, but it hits everything, so yeah. it's like a slightly more expensive Maelstrom Pulse. Yeah, or like Mythos of Aluna. Yeah. Where you don't have to like have the white mana. Yeah. Netherite. Netherite, yeah, sorry. Yep. And then chapter two is search your library for a forest card and put it on the battlefield tap and shuffle your library. Mm-hmm. So then yep. it's a ramp spell. Mm-hmm. And then the last chapter is where it falls off pretty precipitously. Mm-hmm. which is creatures you control gain death touch until end of turn. Yeah, it's just kind of whatever. But It is kind of whatever. So, like, this saga is definitely worth two cards. Yes. Right, but I was interested in it because it is both a removal spell and a ramp spell. Mm-hmm. And that goes well with, was it Waking of the Troll? Waking the Trolls. Waking the Trolls, yep. So this is a six-mana saga at rare. Mm-hmm. Saga, uh, it's four red-green. And so chapter one is destroy target land. Just so, straight up. Just straight up blow up a land. Step, chapter two is put target land from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. So either the land that you blew up or something out of your graveyard, like a fable passage or something? Yes. yes I, just now reading it, I, did, I realized it was a graveyard, not yep. your graveyard. So that does let you just put the land that you blew up in the play. Yep. So... It's a ramp spell, mm-hmm. a slow ramp spell, but a ramp mm-hmm. spell nonetheless. And then the third chapter is you choose an opponent. So your opponent, if you're playing a regular game of magic. Mm-hmm. And then if you they control less lands than you, you get to put uh, a number of four, four trolls with trample equal to the difference in the number of lands you control. So if you have oh. seven lands and they have four lands, you get three, four, four trample trolls. Yeah. So this thing on its face value is going to blow up an opponent's land. It's going to give you a land. So that's a two for one. And then it's going to net you probably fail case scenario, two trolls. Yes. So it's a four for one around there. Yes. That's pretty good. My thought being that you would use the binding of the old gods as a bridge, Mm -hmm. right? That's your removal spell. But your yep. removal spell is also ramping you. So right. you go like from four. Ideally, you like cultivate. Mm-hmm. So then on your turn four, you're like, play my removal spell, kill your thing. And then you're also able to then on turn five, like blow up their land with uh, the trolls, with the waking yep. the trolls, and then get your land back. And mm-hmm. so you're going to be up multiple lands, have interacted with your opponent, right? Because the downside of ramp a lot of times is you play it, but then you yeah. don't have, like, you don't have interaction. 
Right. But your interaction is just like, I'm going to play an Ugin or I'm going to play something so big it doesn't matter. But yeah, it catches you, can, you up instead of interacts. Yeah. But if you can kind of both interact and ramp in like mm-hmm. one card, yeah, then that's going to allow you to kind of do to do both. So you can go way over the top with like your Ugin, but mm-hmm. you also have like, you know, Waking of the Trolls as another way to, you know, win the game. Yeah. And, right, if it does go off, it's not like you're playing, like, one lone threat. Like, the Waking of the Trolls is one lone threat. But if it goes off, it's not like they can have one, like, removal spell spell to get rid of it. Right? They have to have enchantment removal, Mm -hmm. which I don't think right now there's, like, widely played main decked ways to kill enchantments. Yeah, I've been playing, um, oh, I forget what it's called now, the black removal spell that tags enchantments. Uh, Feed the Swarm. Yeah, I've been playing that in a lot of my decks lately, but, like, that, I mean, that's a six-life hit. That's yeah. that's kind of rough. I guess the only other thing that's bad that hits it is Elspeth Conqueror's death. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, you, you ramp into this, you blow up, like, your hope is that you, like, tag a land... And just take keep them, them off, off a double white. Yeah, just keep them off of it for a little while. Yeah. But, you know, that could be a different way to build like a ramp deck mm-hmm. where you have, you know, the black green card as interaction. And then this is kind of like your finisher. Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. So I don't know. Again, caveat don't know if it's good or not, but it is just something different. Like, you know, as like a fun deck where like you play Waking the Trolls with like Phylath. Mm-hmm. And then you just, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, all right, cool. If I get to six mana, I'm just gonna make a bunch of stuffs. Yeah. And we're I gonna mean, see you if can build this like a traditional ramp deck too, where you're just making multiple land drops with a like Azusa and Dry to the Elysian Grove. Yeah, where you have like just gonna bumps. ramp into it a little bit more naturally. Yeah, but I was thinking like cultivate and uh, yeah, uh, what's it called? Migrations path. Like yep. using those as your ramp spells, like cultivate and then like again you like you have your interaction or you're just like okay i can i can ramp harder i don't need my interaction mm-hmm. now i can like trolls and be really far up on lands mm-hmm. and hopefully get a bunch of a bunch of uh trolly dudes yeah that's cool that's definitely not where my head went when i looked at waking the trolls yeah i was like oh. i thought it was just garbage <laughs> i mean it very well could be like get these get these at a, at a quarter but yeah, but it could be something where, again, where it might not be the most competitive deck, but it's a different way to ramp. Yeah, right. Your ramp payoff is an enchantment that turns into a bunch of creatures. I think where it falls down is the trolls really need haste. Right. Like yeah. if you play your ramp payoff and then like it makes you wait two turns mm-hmm. and then a third turn to actually get paid off, like it kind of it kind of hurts. Yeah, it's a little rough. Yeah, there's no like land that lets you like ramp or not ramp. Uh, give haste. Give haste that I can think yeah. of. Not on arena. There's not. Yeah, where you could just be like, oh, hey, cool. I'm gonna like, do this. Perforos, I think, gives haste. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All your creatures have haste. Yeah. That's. I don't think that's but really then, where you want to be. But yeah, then you're kind of doing like two different things. Yeah, and like, um, what's the enchantment from? Rav Allegiance. That's non-token creatures, right? Yeah. Uh, oh gosh, it gives riot. Yeah. And 
but I, I think it's only non-token creatures. I just saw it today. I can't think of what it's called. Oh, good goodness. We all thought it was going to be great, and then it never got played at all. I got played a little bit, but it was not good. Yes. It's like, oh, this card's the next Fires of Yavamaya. And it's like, oh, no one, <laughs> no yeah, one's no. playing this card. Not so much. Then we have uh, here the uh, Snow Deck Block Monster. Well, yeah. I mean, this is kind of like it's got, if it's good, it's going to kind of shape up to be exactly what we describe as a block monster, right? Yeah. Which is just cards that are, you know, they work well together because they come from the same block or the same set. And they might be in a way like parasitic where you can't bring any new cards in because they don't have the correct synergies. Right. Because their synergies are contained within the block. So we explained Snow last week when it was, like, unofficially official. Yeah, well, I think for the most part it was official. Yeah, but we didn't have any cards. And the only card that we had was that Snow Sorcery. Yeah. And I think we were both kind of okay with Snow Sorceries. Mm -hmm. But now we're starting to see the rest of the Snow cards. And I am less okay. (laughs) at at least this is a rare instead of a chase mythic and it'll be like four dollars instead of 40 yes that's what i think i was like i was like nissa who shakes the world only ever got the like six dollars right though nissa that shakes the world couldn't sniff legacy play (laughs) and this might yeah we're gonna talk about that in a minute because i have questions for you yes i don't know if it's good enough but maybe so okay we'll talk about it in a minute First, you want to talk about how like they're implementing the the snow stuff in the set? Like, um, sure. What do you mean? So there's a couple things that they're doing. So they're doing the mm-hmm. traditional snow thing of there being the snowflake symbol for an activated ability of some sort. Like we had in Cold Snap and we talked about last week, mm-hmm. where it's snow mana. Yeah. Like we had Modern Horizons for the, uh, like the, the chiller pillar or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then they have the snow uh, instants and sorceries, which mm-hmm. there's kind of two types of those. There's mm-hmm. the type that doesn't affect based on how much snow mana you pay. Mm-hmm. Either it gives you like a bonus for using snow mana or yeah. it kind of does something different if you use yeah. snow mana. So there's like a white tutor. That if you use snow mana, you gain four life. Yep. But it still does the tutor. Yeah, it just tacks on extra life if you use snow mana for it. And then there's one we talked about last time, like Blessing of Frost. That Mm -hmm. is, you get a plus one, plus one counter on each creature for each snow mana that you pay to cast a spell. Right. So And then, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so if you pay no snow mana, you get Mm -hmm. no counters. Right. Right. And then there's the other type of snow instant sorcery yeah where it acts more like a threshold mechanic where you have to reach a certain number of snow things that you control in order to turn it on or to get a bigger effect um it seems like the number is three yes so Uh, most of them are like control three snow permanents and it does a thing yeah so um pleasant kenobi referred to this in his video as snowcraft snowcraft sure which i really like i was like snowcraft that's good so that's really yeah. good right yeah. 
it's analogous to Metalcraft, which was like do a thing if you usually it was control three artifacts. Right. Right. So this is so and these are where the problems start to happen. Yeah. Because the ones that they've spoiled so far are pretty aggressively costed. Mm-hmm. They're not always super playable. They're common. So there's like the red one, which is like frostbite. Yep, it's frostbite. A, it's red. It deals an instant. It deals two damage to a creature or a planeswalker. And if you control mm-hmm. three snow permanents, it deals three damage instead. Yep. Right. So, you know, this is a reasonable removal spell. It's somewhere in that like magma spray uh, like range where mm-hmm. magma spray exiles but this just does two damage but has the upside of being three right right but the easiest way to make it work the way that costs the least amount in deck building is you this just is make all your you just make all your land snowman uh, basics yeah and now you get this like upside for effectively no cost yep right a one like a one mana deal three to a creature Mm-hmm. is like at least cyborg playable in standard oh yeah right like if you're a mid-range deck and you're playing against mono red you're just like oh mm-hmm. i gotta i'll bring these in and i'll be able to deal with all the threats early on mm-hmm. but the only you can like bring them in is if you have snowlands right because yep. you don't want to meet a situation where they play their um bone crusher giant and you're like oh the silly deals too yeah no, like if you can get the third damage, you get the third damage. And then there's the fight spell. Yeah, the fight spell seems really good. Which I don't know its name offhand. It is Blizzard Brawl. Uh, one green mana for a snow sorcery. Choose target creature you control and target creature you don't control. If you control three or more snow permanents, the creature you control gets plus one plus oh and gains indestructible to lend a turn. Then those creatures fight each other. So basically it's just a better prey upon yeah if you control snow three snow permanents and mm-hmm. again the place that you can most easily get them is you get them in snow lands right so it seems really good with uh oh what's his name ice fang coaddle right yeah ice fang coaddle <laughs> or just like in standard right you just mm-hmm. are right you like snow covered forest snow covered forest snow covered forest yorvo yeah and then your next turn you're just like fight a thing play another guy yeah and attack with my like giant indestructible thing yeah that i already got a blocker out of the way right and more than likely like you have you know you've attacked or like pressured them in some way that maybe they had to chump or trade so like you're either getting like a strict two for one because you're like kill your thing now if you block i eat your thing or you're just taking a ton of damage yeah yeah but, like, these kind of things just make it so you have to play Snowlands. You're right. There's no, as we see right now, there's no downside to playing Snow. Yes, they said there's, like, I think we mentioned before, like, there's yeah. one card that they're saying will, like, punish people for, or be some sort of... Uh, Disincentivizer? Yes, well, yeah. some way disincentivize playing Snowlands. Yeah. But we haven't seen it yet. Right. And Wizards, as of late, has done a bad job of p- making those kind of cards. Mm-hmm. 
right? They're like either not powerful enough or miss the mark or just don't yeah. end up getting played. Think about or like they're not timely enough. Yeah. I mean, think about like Draneth Magistrate. Mm-hmm. Like that was supposed to be like the thing to deal with companions. Right. And to deal with escape cards. And it's unplayable. Right. So. Well, like, it's not so much that it was unplayable, but like anything, any deck that could play it was unplayable. Yeah. So like, hey, here's this two mana one three that like stops all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, we can't play that. Right. So, you know, if there is some like thing that's supposed to keep snow in check, it needs to be like really aggressively costed mm-hmm. and powerful. But the problem is, right, they want snow to be a thing. Right. right. They wouldn't have made the mechanic if they didn't want snow to be a thing. So that means that card, by extension, can't be super good. Because if it's yeah. super good, then no one plays snow. Right. Right? Like if it was like, I don't know, a two mana artifact, it was like... Winter uh, Orb? Yeah. Super Winter Orb, snow permanents. You can only untap one snow permanent? Yeah. Then it's like, oh, I can't like play that. Yeah, I can't play Snowlands because, you know, everyone's playing Super Winter Orb. Yeah, and then I just lose. Yep, they're not going to do that. So you know, going forward, like we said, like there's no reason to not play Snowlands. Like pretty much, you know, all those lands you click through on Arena <laughs> that like you don't, you don't have to like... click through them anymore. Oh no, we do. No, this is even worse. No, 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 no. You just type in snow. Yeah, but before I just got to make my deck and like ignore the lands and like arena just filled them. Now I have to go through and delete them. Take them out and add snow. Yeah. Oh no, this is this is a travesty. (laughs) Super Winter War needs to cost one mana so I can main deck it. That's right. And just why are you playing this card? I am too lazy to change my basics. Leave me alone. The earmark of a good mechanic. Yes, too lazy. Main deck, the one mana hate card. Yes. So, hey, all I hear is a historic is a healthy format. Here's my main, here's my game one, Crafter's Cage, go. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So I think that Snow is going to be like omnipresent. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain 3 3 for 3 that's going to help yeah. that along. Yeah, so this uh, certain three three is Jorn, God of Winter, and I've I've been seeing him referred to as Jorn Snow. Okay, I nice. thought that was pretty cute. You know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's a three mana three three two and a green, uh, legendary snow creature, God. It's a rare, so hopefully it's going to keep the price down a little bit. It says whenever Jorn attacks, untap each snow permanent you control. That seems pretty good. He is a snow permanent himself, so he has pseudo vigilance. Yep. And if you're running snow lands, he will untap all of your snow lands. Yes. Seems so good. This is a different kind of mana doubler. It is. But still a mana doubler. Yeah, it's a little bit akin to wilderness reclamation, but I think a little bit harder to abuse also. Yeah, it does just run into the same. I think the thing that Wilderness Reclamation might have been like designed to do, mm-hmm. which is 
you get to like tap out on your first main phase mm-hmm. and play something and yeah. then attack and get back all your mana. So, right. you know, what if you're blue green? So I get to attack and I get to untap. Now I can hold up counter magic. Oh, yeah. Right. So on your opponent's next turn. Right. So you just get to you get to have played your four drop, let's say. Yeah, and then untapped all your mana and still held up a counter spell. And then still held up a counter, right? You know, you tap out on three for this, they tap out on three for their three drop, and yep. you're just like, all right, I'll play a four, attack, untap. And or what... kill your thing, attack, untap, hold up counter magic. Exactly. And then you're just yeah. doing this dance where they always have mana open. Yeah. Right? And then there's also just the, like, play a four drop, attack, play another four drop. Mm-hmm. Right, so I think someone in Discord or somewhere mentioned like uh, like Brazen Borrower, mm-hmm. right? Like, so Brazen Borrower, the spell half gets the blocker out of the way that can kill your Jorn, right? Right, but then and then also gets to play you know, as like something that you can then use your mana for on their turn, mm-hmm. right? Do they just have the Brazen Borrower or do they have a counter spell? I don't right. know. Also, like the foretell counter spell, mm-hmm. right? So you can foretell stuff first main phase. Oh attack, yeah. Attack, untap, and then have mana open to use it. And then have mana open to use it later on. And like, there's the the blue. I don't know if it's any good, but there's the blue unicorn guy with foretell or the blue horse celestial yeah. charger that yep. has flash. Right. So you're holding up your mana. And you might be flashing in a 3-1 flyer or you might be flashing in a 3-3 ground beater or you might be holding up counter magic. Mm -hmm. Right, so it just gives you all of this like flexibility and just extra mana uh, that has proven over the last 18 months. People aren't a fan of that. Yes, (laughs) they are not a fan of that. They're Cosmos Charger. Yeah. Right, in this one, foretelling cards from your hand costs one less, and it can be done on any player's turn. Yeah, so it lets you do it at instant speed. Yeah, but so like you, you just have all these ways to use your mana with mm-hmm. this card. My first thought was just like, oh, you're gonna just cast two four drops. Yeah, and like, you know, we've all played in fire and the fires of inventions time. Right. Right. When you go like four drop four drop mm-hmm. into five drop five drop like the game Pretty ends good. right and this is like it's somewhere in that like general ballpark of like fires of invention wilderness reclamation kind of deal yeah right like it's kind of like right in the middle where it's like oh i can i get to cast one spell on my turn and if i built my deck correctly one spell on your turn right cool and the only good thing is it doesn't immediately pay you off. Yeah, you have to wait a turn. Yeah, it doesn't have haste on it. Unless you can give it haste somehow. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that like they had to take off like haste, trample, death touch. Uh, <laughs> it was too in good in testing. Yeah, they're like, oh, wait, we just always lose. So it's a uh, god. We've only talked about the front side. <laughs> we have only talked about the front side. There is a backside. It's so crazy that it's a modal double face card and it has a backside. 
Yeah, like, the front side is just, like, a good, solid, maybe busted rare. Yeah. And then there's a backside. So the backside is Caldring the Rhyme Staff. It's one blue-black for a legendary snow artifact, and you can tap it, and it says you may play target snow permanent from your graveyard this turn. If you do, it enters the battlefield tapped. Interesting. Hmm. So I can tap my staff. You can. Play a thing tapped. Uh Uh-huh. And then attack with my Jorn to untap my staff and the thing I played from my graveyard. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Seems real good. Seems very good. Yeah. It is limited to... Um, the best colors in magic. Yeah, it is limited to uh, salt eye. I think you pointed out that like they feed themselves. Yeah, so like if you have a cauldron out, you will just always have a Jorn, because like if you have played one and your opponent took care of it, you just use the cauldron to play it again. Yeah, so I, th- I think that like, like you're never gonna not have one. Or, like, if you play your Joran on turn three. Yeah. And they killed it. If you have another, another one Joran. in your hand, maybe yeah. instead of playing that Joran, you're like, play the staff. Oh, I think you absolutely play the staff. And then bring the Joran back from your graveyard. So maybe you, like, wait a couple turns for, until you can, like, staff yeah. and replay your Joran. And you're just yep. like, okay, I'm just going to do this now. Like, you can't ever really mm-hmm. kill this. Yeah. It says snow target snow permanent and it mm-hmm. says play dot cast so if right. snow lands end up in your graveyard this lets you play lands it does so it'll, it'll use your land drop for the turn but yeah it will but it let you use them yeah it'll let you use them if they're yep. somehow in your graveyard yeah do you this... think they mess up and give us a snow evolving wilds that's what i was thinking like it seems really odd yeah. That they gave us snow dual lands with land with basic types. land types. Yeah. Right. So maybe it's like search your deck for a snow covered uh, plains, island, mountain, forest, swamp. Yeah. Right. So that lets you fetch those. Mm-hmm. But that might that might be a step too far. Yeah, I think that would be too good. But this like whole package just seems like absurd. Yeah, like either half of that card, I would be perfectly happy including in a deck, I think. Yeah. And then the flexibility of getting either or just kind of seems insane. Yeah. So I had a thought when I saw this card. Okay. And I believe, like in our chat, I had said it, that this Mm -hmm. is the Uro of the set. It could be, yeah. So I think that this is either going to be like the Uro slash Oko of the set, or this is going to be like a hard check on how good the rest of the snow cards can be. Because like if they're too good, then like this card becomes too good. Yeah. I don't know. Like, because I feel like a lot of the snow cards are good. I mean, I only came up with a couple. I mean, we have very few spoiled so far, but I really only came up with a couple that are like, playable or really only one that's super playable and then two that are like close to playable okay so so the one that's playable is drug necromancer and i also think that it plays really well with jorn 
Dragar Necromancer is three and a black for a four four snow creature zombie cleric. And it says if a non-token creature an opponent controls would die, exile that card with an ice counter on it instead. And you can cast spells from among the cards in exile your opponent's own with ice counters on them. And you may spend mana from snow sources as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells. So it's kind of like a cross between Kalidus Trader Aget and Hostage Taker, but you have to use snow mana. Yeah. The the ability to cast the cards is actually on the Necromancer. Yeah, you have to protect it. Yeah, but, you know, if you have your staff, mm-hmm. you can just bring it back. The yeah. cards with with ice counters are still cards with ice counters. Right. It's not like they belong to one, to the, to the version that was out, so, like, you could play it from your graveyard and then immediately cast a card with an ice counter on it. Right. It, it also plays really well with Jorn because you can, like, spend your mana to kill something pre-combat and then untap all your stuff and spend all your mana to cast that thing post-combat. Yeah, so you autom- you get paid off yeah. kind of immediately. Like, you have to kind of, like, build your engine, but... Or if you have, like, cheap removal, right? Even if something small, you're like, turn three, Jorn, yeah. turn four, this guy, attack, before blockers, yeah. heartless act. Yeah. Now you have two mana left over that you can play the two drop that you blew up or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's and true. get paid off right away. Because that's, Jorn, it's not like when it deals combat damage or anything, it's when it attacks. Yeah. So, so you can kill something before combat damage. Yeah. Or before blocks. To get him through. Because, mm-hmm. like, again, he's very, he's, the ability is Not the biggest of. Yeah, his ability's not aggressive. Right. But, like, the untapping of the snow permanent isn't super aggressive. Yeah. Because it doesn't feel like it should be the way I'm thinking of it. But, like, he has to attack. And he's not, like, right. an aggressive body. I guess you can think about it as, like, being an aggressive ability. Like, if the snow permanents you're untapping are creatures. Mm-hmm. Right? If you just give your whole team effectively vigilance. Yeah. Right. But the fact it gets all your lands makes yeah. it more of like a combo-y, grindy kind of thing, mm-hmm. which really like, you know, pushes you to just keep the board clean. Yeah. It's just like play all the cheap interaction that you can. Even like main phase, blood, blood cheese, thirst, attack, get my mana back. Yeah. Okay. Now, again, flash threats, removal spells are all alive and you got mm-hmm. in for three damage. Right. So, so what? So what is the boreal outrider? I don't know which that one. What that one is? Um, it, it's like borderline. I don't know if it's it's um it's an uncommon. It's two and a green for a three two snow creature elf warrior. And it says whenever you cast a creature spell, if snow of that spell's colors were spent to cast it, that creature enters a battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. Okay. So it doesn't have to be a snow creature you're casting. You just have to spend snow mana of the color that that creature is, and it comes in a little bigger. It's just kind of a cheap snow threat. Like 3-2 for 3 isn't the worst thing in the world. It's like Rogue Refiner was a 3-2 for 3. I don't think this is Rogue Refiner good, but in the snow deck, like it is a snow creature itself, so it'll untap, and it kind of benefits you to using your snow mana on stuff. Yeah. So, I don't know. It might find a home. And, and then, then uh, the other one is... Sculptor of Winter? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the mana dork. It's one in the green. Uh, snow creature, elf rogue. It's a 2-2, and you can tap it to untap target snow land. Yep. Like, the these kind of cards get played. Remember mm-hmm. uh, the the blue-green 2-2, Kiora is something or other? Kiora's Disciple? Kiora's Follower. Kiora's a Follower? Yeah. Like, that card got played. Mm-hmm. This kind of thing's gonna get played. I mean, especially, like, if you go, like, this is your two-drop into Joran, and then, you know, the next turn, you get to play a five-drop. Two five-drops. Yeah, two five-drops. And the fact that it's, like, like Kiora's follower was blue-green. Right. This is is one of the green, right? Like, Arbor Elf is one mana, so it's way more playable. But it's also like, just forest, though. That's just forest. This is just any any snow land, which is, again, going to be basically the only land you play. Yep. Like, it's going to be dual lands and snow lands. Yep. Like, some of those things that, like, snow looks like they want it to be, like, a limited mechanic. Mm-hmm. But, like, it just takes a couple, like, rares to push it over the top. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I meant about Jorn being a hard check on how good snow can be. Because I realize we haven't seen a whole bunch of the set yet, but it seems like the power level's been kind of toned down a little bit. Maybe. Like, from what I would expect to see, I guess. Yeah, I remember saying, like, why would they just tack an extra mana on Growth Spiral and make it gain you three life? Like, <laughs> we, didn't look at, we didn't look at Uro and go, like, oh, that's going to define every format it's legal in. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. You, you might be right. Like Joran might be the best snow creature there is, mm-hmm. right? But we don't have like it seems like we should have a mythic snow thing. Yeah, I don't probably. know if we do. We don't yet. So it feels like there should be like a mythic snow thing. I almost feel like Joran was a mythic, and they downshifted it for they, some crazy reason. Yeah, like why are like. And the gods aren't, like, consistent, like, rarities. Well, they're not consistent rarities, and they're not consistent colors. Like, I think there's 12 of them, and that doesn't break down into, like, any sort of cycle well. And, right, like, you know, Joran is blue, black, green, and then blue, black on the back at rare. And then Toroff, God of Fury, which we'll talk about later, is a mythic, red on the front, Right on the back. Right. And the green one that I just saw, I think it's a rare. And it's green on the front, green on the back. That I know. Oh, here's the black one. Uh, Turgrid, God of uh, Fright. Yeah. Three black, black. And then black on the back. And it's a rare. So it just, it like seems. And then. Well, the green mythic one is Wooberg on the back. And it's mythic. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like a random collection of rarities. The green one is the green one with the green on the back is rare. Yeah, but that's like, the mana wrap one. Yes, but it seems yeah. like we should have a like a mythic snow payoff. Yeah. So, like, depending on what that is. Yeah, keep your eyes peeled. Yeah. So, like the like you said, the snowlands are in like 
95 to 99% of cases strictly better than basics. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, depending on what this hate card is, it, they might just be 100% better than basics. Yeah, at this like point. If, a, if a hate card is just garbage. Yeah. Right. I don't know. If it's like two mana artifact, snowlands become not snowlands, yeah. mega thaw, <laughs> right? Then none of your snow things do anything. Then maybe. Right, but there's still no downside to playing snow basics, though. Yeah. I mean, they don't make snow mana, so then, like, right. you know, Jorn got It makes win- snow worse, but it, it's not, like, punishing you for playing snowlands, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like, it's, it's not like I don't know, boil for, uh, for, for snow. snowlands. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like avalanche, destroy all snowlands. Yeah. Or, like, price of progress for snow. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if that would be good enough. Um, I think that would be close. Maybe. Especially if the snow deck's trying to ramp. Yeah, fair. So then you were like, should we put Joran in Depths? Yeah, I I don't know the answer. I just wanted your opinion. Depths traditionally only plays uh, six snow permanents. Mm -hmm. It plays the Depths, and it plays a forest and a snow-covered forest and a snow-covered swamp. Right. And so there aren't a lot of things to untap. Now, the upside is the backside of it, which makes you splash blue, because you just get to keep rebuying your depths over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, but is that better than, like, a Crucible? Probably not. And a Crucible would let you rebuy, like, Ghost Quarters and Wastelands, or not Wastelands, but Ghost Quarters, too. Yeah, you know, I, I was watching a stream today. Yeah, I dusted that off. And uh, someone was talking about it, like, I was like, wouldn't it just be easier to play, like, Ramanop Excavator? Yeah. And it's like, it might be if, like, all you want to do is rebuy your Dark Depths. Right. So, like, I think the front side is eh for, like, mm-hmm. Legacy. But then the back side is fine, but there are other ways to get that, like, effect, you know? Right. Crucible and and Ramanop. So probably not. Okay. So that answer was pretty quick. Do you want to talk about this guy in Modern a little bit? Sure. So, so Snow's like the best deck in Modern, right? Yeah. So, well, it's the best deck in Legacy. I think in Modern right now, it's like... Oh, that's true. I, I, I completely forgot about like Snowco and Legacy. Yeah, Snowco is the best deck in Legacy, like yeah. by far. Uh, like just Astrolabe is busted, yeah. And then in modern, they got rid of Astrolabe, I do believe. Yes. But, um, like the like the best decks are playing Snowlands because they're primetime decks that are playing Field of the Dead. Right. Right. But like you could see like another archetype mm-hmm. that is Snow, right? Like that is just there are enough Snow things now mm-hmm. to make like a reasonable deck. Because yeah. you mentioned the the OG scrying sheets. Yes. That lets you put, like, if you have a snow permanent on top of your deck. You get to draw it. Or snow card, right? It's yeah, not permanent. snow card. Right, so all these snow instant and sorceries, you can draw with scrying sheets. Yeah. So, right, if, like, your entire deck is snow. Mm-hmm. If you just have a card that is like tap two lands draw a card, 
Mm-hmm. That's probably pretty good. That's really good. Right? Like, you just get to grind people out. Mm-hmm. Right? So... You also like, get a bunch of cheap interaction. Like, I, I don't know what colors this deck wants to be. Probably not red. But, I mean, there's even an argument for red. You get uh, Scred and me i don't know if you want it or not but there's also that avalanche rider guy avalanche rider guy yeah it's like two in a red when he enters a battle he's a snow when he enters a battlefield you can tutor up a mountain oh and then when he dies you you sacrifice the mountain yeah yeah he has to like attack every turn or something yeah 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 i was thinking more like scred and like frostbite to some degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you get frostbite also. If you really want to lean into like my scred 100% of the time has to draw me a card. Yeah. Right, because, uh, you know, scred, which was like just kind of a blood moon prison deck, right. basically played no, like played very few snow permanents other than the lands. Yeah, it's basically all it was was the lands. Yeah, and still played scred in hopes mm-hmm. of like drawing a couple extra lands in a, in a game. Cause mm-hmm. the game, it was like a prison deck. So the games went long. Yep. Right. But if like, you're kind of guaranteed to always hit something off of your, off of your scratch of your scrying sheets, that's pretty good. And yep. you also like modern has access to all the playable snow covered or snow cards. Like yes. I don't think there's any like ice age cards that are like playable snow permanents. There's one that I don't think is playable, but at least like could use a second look at this point with more snow stuff, um, especially Jorn, and that's uh, Sunstone. Okay. It's a three mana artifact, I think, and you can like pay two and sacrifice a snow permanent, or sn- actually, I think it's just snow land because there weren't snow permanents at the time to like fog. Okay. But then with Jorn, you get to like replay your land every turn. Oh yeah, with the backside, yeah. Yeah. So it's just like permafog. Yeah. There's also in modern Cold Steel Heart, which yep. is a two mana comes into play tapped, but it's a two mana mana rock. This is a snow mm-hmm. permanent. Yep. Some mana ramp, uh, scrying sheets to just draw you a card every turn. Yep. Yeah, there could be something there. You have like Merit Lage's Slumber. Which mm-hmm. like goes off when you said you have ten permanents, you get a twenty twenty, ten snow yeah. permanents. Ten snow permanents. You get boreal druid in modern. Get uh, one mana mana dark. Yeah. You get it's in, a snow elf. You get into the north, which lets you. It's one in a green. Put a snow land on. Search your deck for a snow land and put it on the battlefield. Yep. So rampant growth is too good for modern. <laughs> yeah. So this is just rampant growth. Yep. If you want to be white, you get access to On Thin Ice, which is Chain to the Rocks, but Snow. So yeah. it enchants a snow and then exiles something until it leaves the battlefield. But it's a one-mana white removal spell that is a snow permanent, so it counts towards snow permanents for um, Merit Lage's Slumber or Scred or whatever. Yeah. And then there's also, I don't know how to pronounce this, but it's Gelid Shackles. Is one white mana for a snow enchantment. It says enchanted creature can't block and its activated abilities can't be activated. And then you can spend a snow mana to give it defender until end of turn. Okay. It's similar to Anthem Ice, but I guess yeah. requires a snow mana every turn. Yeah, it's kind of a pacifism, kind of not. 
but or an arrest so there are there are starting to be the tools for there to be like a like a snow control deck Mm -hmm. right i mean if your card draws just in your land slot that's pretty good yeah like if you just are like i get to play all this cheap removal and oh yeah oops i just get to draw cards out of my land slot yeah and you know i have this three three that doubles as a way to recur all of my stuff Mm -hmm. you blew up my thing cool i'll play it again yeah so no there could be something there like where like you said like you mentioned like you don't have to like try to turbo merit legis slumber it's just like you're playing you're probably just gonna get there on like turn five or six yeah you're just playing a kind of control deck you're like you know land removal spell land ramp spell land removal spell and then you just play that and you're like oh oops i guess i have 10 permanents right here we go so and we don't know what else we're getting for snow either yeah we don't there could be a snow thought seize or something oh boy don't get me excited like that i'm sorry sorry (laughs) hey i have a way that you can play legacy and i can make you play islands yeah you want to get excited here you go shardless agent into tybalt oh yeah that's pretty good is tybalt even good in legacy though i don't know but a seven mana planeswalker on turn three (laughs) has to be something right yeah you're like brainstorm okay cool i know what i'm hitting (laughs) here's my seven mana planeswalker plus draw two cards plus draw two cards (laughs) what could go wrong or in uh, modern, cascade into uh, into Tibble. Yeah, there you go. Oh, just so everyone knows, so the if you've seen the the uh, the modal double face Tibble, mm-hmm. the front side is one in the black for a two one. When it comes mm-hmm. into play, you get to look at your opponent, each opponent's hand, and exile a creature, right. and then you can pay X, where X is the converted mana cost of a creature exiled with. Uh, the Tybalt Valky God of Lies Valky God of Lies and yep. it becomes Valky God of Lies becomes that creature yep becomes a copy of that card yes and then its backside is a seven mana planeswalker Tybalt something uh, Cosmic Imposter Cosmic a f- five loyalty as Tybalt enters the battlefield you get an emblem with you may play cards exiled with Tybalt, Cosmic, Imposter, and you may spend mana as O or mana of any color to cast those spells. So he just comes in and gives you an emblem. And then plus two is exile the top card of each player's library, which you then get to cast with his uh, emblem. Minus three is exile target artifact or creature, which you then get to cast with his emblem. And negate is exile all cards from all graveyards, add red, red, red which you then get to cast with your emblem. Yeah, so basically it's like draw to kill a creature presumably win the game. Probably, yeah. So just like cheating that into play with Cascade because in the way the rules work, Cascade looks at can I cast this side of the card? Right. And if the answer is yes, 
then you're given a choice as to which side you wish to cast. Yeah, you're going to move it to the stack, at which point it asks you which part of the card you're trying to cast. Yes, and you're like, I want to cast the Sifamana side. And it's like, cool. Sounds good. There you go. Have seven mana. Um, Plus a two. Yeah. Plus a two, two. Yes. So next up are the treasure decks. Yeah, I don't know if this is good or not, but I thought it was cute. So Goldspan Dragon is probably busted. Yeah. Um, It is certainly an interesting card. It is three red red for a flying haste four four dragon. Mm Mm-hmm. And if it becomes a target of a, of, a, of a spell or attacks, you make uh, a treasure. Mm-hmm. And it has on it, treasures you control have tap, add two mana of any one color. Yep. So it is on some level a three mana 4-4 four, four haste dragon. Seems good. Right? Like, I think that Two or three years ago, we wouldn't have thought of this card as a three mana four four. Right. But we have been trained to do that. We've been trained otherwise when you look at Teferi, a hero of Dominaria, yeah. or Nissa, where they just effectively, you know, give themselves a discount. So this guy is kind of three mana mm-hmm. and is just like three red, red, four, four flying haste. Yeah. Has been stats or have been stats that have worked in the past. Glorybringer, Storm Breath Dragon. Yes. Those are the two big ones. Yep. Scargan Hellkite saw mm-hmm. fringe play. Terror of the Peaks. Terror of the Peaks. I guess it's 5 4, but. 5 4. Yeah, but like in that general like ballpark. Yep. So, right, this starts to pay you back as soon as you play it. And again, the way it's worded is if it's targeted. Right. So that means if your opponent targets it, you make the treasure so you could sack it and get your two mana. Yes. So like even if like, like you they kill it pre combat, you still like can have can, your two mana. Can have your two mana, and also it doesn't say buy an opponent. So, well, no. If they kill it pre combat, you don't get the treasure. Oh yeah, you do because it's targeted. Never mind. Yeah, where where like where it's awkward is let's say you go to like declare attackers, mm-hmm. and they kill like you couldn't then use the two mana for like a robber of the rich, right? Right, but you could stomp something. Mm-hmm. So you could only play a two mana instant at that point, but still, you would have the opportunity to get your get some of your mana back, and uh, you can target it yourself and generate mana. Yes. If you're using cheap things to target it. Mm-hmm. So you have down here Feather. Yeah, I thought Feather was kind of cute. Like, this kind of slots right into a Feather deck because you, like, Defiant Strike this thing and then make a treasure, draw a card, it gets plus one, plus oh. Mm-hmm. And then you get the Defiant Strike back. <laughs> At the end of turn. So yeah, you like, get to do it again. Yeah, you just try to, you just draw a ton of cards and, like, you know, if you play enough, like, you know, one mana, draw a card, minimal effect mm-hmm. that target, like, yep. you could, like, chew through a bunch of your deck and generate a ton of mana. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, yeah, there, there's one that, like, gives haste. There's one that gives unblockable, right? Uh, like, or, like ex- draw a card. Expedite and... is blue. 
Oh, no, okay. No, sorry. Their slip through space is blue. Yeah, yeah. And then expedite is the red one. Yeah, you're right. That yeah. That's the haste one. Yeah. But yeah, you could like you know, hey, turn uh, six, play this, and then just be like, well, we're gonna try to go off now, mm-hmm. and just generate a bunch Storm of treasures. Yeah, it, you know, make my thing giant. Yeah. Or like this is really good with reckless rage. Yeah. Right, you're like, oh, make a treasure, kill your thing, attack, make another yep. treasure. Whew. Now, That's like, good. go off in combat, defiant strike, draw a card, make a treasure. Yeah. Gross. So, yeah. So, I think it's just like a plainly good, air quotes, fair, like, gruel card. Yeah. But it's also, like, kind of can backdoor into, like, janky kind of combo land. Yeah, and I don't think it has to be just gruel either. I mean, like when I first saw this card, I thought mono red, like big red. Oh yeah, like a big red deck, for yeah. sure. But just like those kind of like big monstery kind of decks, like it just fits into yeah. like the top of the curve. Mm-hmm. It's not just like a Mimi. I'm gonna play Defiant Strikes in these like bad cards to hope I draw this and like yeah. put something together. Right? It's oh no, this does you know, a reasonable is a reasonable magic card yeah, on its face that then just has like a ton of upside. So I just noticed that like this is templated kind of weird and it might be, I don't know how they're going to like implement it on arena. It says treasures you control have tap sacrifice this artifact, add two mana of any one color. Yes. So it's not doubling the mana that your treasures produce it's giving you a second option to sacrifice them it's giving your treasures a second ability it is maybe they just so when def- you click the treasure it's gonna have both abilities to pick from they might just default it to the one as like a quality of life thing but yeah yeah i mean the fact that it like does that like um what's his name Kanan. yeah Kanan would make they'd make four tre- they'd make four mana because it makes a double, right? No, I think it's just plus one. Plus one? Yeah. So it make three. Yeah. You make black lotuses. <laughs> Little black lotus. <laughs> Every time you attack, you get a black lotus. And then this fits well with one of our first cards that was spoiled. Yeah. Magda. I think we talked about her before, right? Yeah. When a dwarf is tapped, you make a treasure, and you can stack yep. five treasures to get a dwarf or a dragon. On uh, a dragon or an artifact. Dragon or an artifact. Yeah, so you get to sack five treasures and go get your dragon, Goldspan Dragon, which then gives you another treasure to, like, work towards your next one. Yeah, or just, you know, cast something, because, like, you know, what if you attack with your Magda and the dragon? Yeah. Now you have four mana if they don't kill your dragon. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it seems... uh, like, there might be a small treasure th- sub-theme, but I really think that the dragon kind of stands on its own. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah, I think it's just good enough by itself. And now we have uh, uh, the mythic champion, Torolf. <laughs> Toffel Severin. I mean, um, guy, red god with a big hammer. Called yeah, god, it. God of fury. Torolf, god. god of fury. Okay. I wonder if... Uh, he changes his his uh, Twitter handle to the God of Fury. To God of Fury. Oh, I would. I would too. One hundred percent. 
All right. So there's a lot to unpack with this guy. All right. So, do, so we started on the front side for Jorn. Do you want to start on the back side with Torolf? I think there's a little bit less to talk about there. Right. Torolf's um, hammer. Yep. It's one in the red, legendary artifact equipment. Mm-hmm. Equipped creature has one in the red. Tap unattached Torolf's hammer. It deals three damage to any target. Return Torolf's hammer, hammer to its owner's hand. And then equipped creature gets plus three plus O oh, as long as it's legendary and equip mm-hmm. one in the red. So why why does it unattach before returning to your hand? Is that just for flavor? I guess. Like, like that's know. weird, right? It is. I mean, there's what was that really like was it Razor Boomerang? Was like the worst equipment ever does something similar to that? And like it unattached and then bounced? Well, it like unattached and did something, or like Sunforger. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know why it unattaches and then bounces. Yeah, because right, like un- it would unattached when it, like when yeah, it bounced, does, it wouldn't be it attached just, like, anymore. Yeah, come back to your hand, and why does that to uh, unequip it? I'm not sure. I mean, I don't. Yeah, is mm. it like, you know, is it Chris Hemsworth throws the hammer? <laughs> And it is unattached from him as it flies through the air. Yeah, and then returns to his hand. And then returns to his hand. I I don't know. So this is a super slow deal, a repeatable deal three. Yeah, very slow. It's three red, red, red. Tap a creature, deal three damage to something. Yeah. So that is a hard mode to getting someone dead. (laughs) But it's worse than like every variant of that card that we've ever had. Probably yes. Because we there, there was one back in like Mirage, right? It was like Hammer of Bogarden. Very good. One red, and red, then, and then it's like two red, red, red to return it to your hand. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had one in Ixalan, right? Oh gosh! It was yeah. Like Raid, bring it back to your hand or something. Yeah, like you had to pay mana to bring it back to your hand. Yeah. Yeah, those typically cards aren't good enough because, like, usually the front side is not good enough that you want to play it. Well, I, I mean, Hammer of Bogart and like back in the day, that that was definitely good enough. Oh yeah, that, that was that, an expensive card at one point. That was like twenty three years ago. Well, yeah, that's still one point. I remember that time. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I just say, imagine like I don't know, coming off of like, you know. Sarah Angel, and then someone showing you an Uro. <laughs> You're just like, huh, 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 huh. what is this? <laughs> How? People don't put islands and forests in the same deck. They're they're enemy colors. <laughs> My chokes are no good now. But so it's a repeatable source of damage. Like I think overall the the equipment is pretty bad. Yeah, it's just bad, I think. Like, it does nothing if the creature isn't legendary, other than give it this ability. Like, it doesn't feel great. I agree. Now, the front side. Oh, boy. So, Toroth, God of Fury, two red red for a 5-4 legendary creature god. Mm-hmm. He has trample. He does have trample. And then he has a paragraph. Sure. Right. Whenever a creature or planeswalker an opponent controls is dealt excess non-combat damage, 
Turoff deals damage equal to the excess to any target other than that permanent. So he gives all non-combat damage trample. Kind of. It's like weird trample. Yeah. So it's trample that you can direct to any target. Yeah. So if you deal three damage to a one-one, a Lanamar elf. Yeah. You end up with it deals took three damage, but mm-hmm. there was two damage left over. Right. You only need yep. one damage to kill it. So then Toroff lets you throw that damage somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So you can throw it at the player, you can throw it at a Planeswalker, or you can throw it at another 1-1. Okay, so what happens if you throw it at another 1-1? Well, Toroff is dealing non-combat damage. It is. So you're dealing two damage to a 1-1. You only needed one damage to kill it, so you have one damage left over. Mm-hmm. So now Toroff is going to deal one damage to something. Mm-hmm. So you can basically just kind of work your way. Like basically you get to spend all of your damage yeah. for everything. You chain it along until it's gone. Yeah. So in the pre-show, I kind of compared it to like arc lightning. Yeah. Right. Where you get to take whatever your burn spell is and effectively break it up to kill as many things as it can possibly kill. Mm-hmm. So like slaying fire dealing four. You can kind of end up going like two, one, one and kill three things. Yep. Or three and one. Yep. Or three to the creature, one to you. It's kind of how it ends up working out mm-hmm. is you just end up like assigning all of the damage. Right. We were talking about, and this came up in a Saffron Olive video, Chandra's Incinerator. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting interaction. Yes. I got to remember how it works. So you zap something, you zap the player, Chandra's Incinerator deals non-combat damage. If it deals more non-combat damage than was needed to like kill a creature, mm-hmm. Toroff triggers, Toroff hits the player, which right. then triggers Chandra's Incinerator, right. which then you can kill something else. If there's excess damage, you hit the player, Chandra's Incinerator then hits another creature. You'll bounce it back and forth. Yeah, you just get to just keep dealing them damage and killing off their stuff. Mm-hmm. Now it's a four drop and a air it's quote six, six drop. drop. Yeah. yeah. Air quote six drop. Right. I mean, on some level, the hammer and Chandra's incinerator go well together, right? Because it gives you a source of three non-combat damage. No, oh, to start the chain. Well, to start the chain and like it's a six drop, but yeah. like it's kind of, only like it's a it's a five drop right two yeah. da- two mana to do to deal three damage mm-hmm. and then so that makes your chandra's incinerator three and a red yeah well i guess it doesn't no it makes it two no, and a red two and a red yeah two and a red yeah. so you get the it like saves you a mana as well mm-hmm. and then because it returns to your hand Right, you can be incentivized to like play the hammer early. Yeah. Throw it, it at on something. something. Yeah. And then stick an incinerator. Yeah. And then you get your, your Toroff back. Right. As Toroff instead of the hammer. Yes. So yeah. like Toroff returns to this one returns to your hand and the blue god returns to your hand as well. The the bird. That yeah, yeah, yeah. One that turns into a raven. Yeah. Again, some of them do that, some of them don't. I don't understand. So weird. Yeah. 
design was just like whatever man make it yeah. happen we also have Perforos's intervention which is this may be like the only place that card ever sees play but it's x and a red and you get to do twice x damage to a creature oh yeah so i mean that lets you make a giant fireball on the cheap yeah like just double and, it up yeah yeah and then it also plays nice with like all of the damage based wraths that we have like our devastation, sweltering sun, storms, wrath, star of extinction, um, like even shatter skull smashing. Yeah, like I thought it would be. Yeah, that might be an interesting fun deck. Now we have arena on here, and I will be honest to the listeners: I have not played arena in a while. Yeah, I played a little bit through the historic brawl. I cast an awful lot of slimefoot, but that's about it. I I have been kind of checked out lately, so yeah. I apologize. Yeah, there was, I heard talk that there was like Omniscient Draft, and I totally missed it. Oh man, that's yeah. one of your favorites. Too. It is, it is. I had like I heard there was Omniscient Draft. I was like, I'm gonna go upstairs and play Horizon Zero Dawn. I'll be back. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I did see the the big Twitter complaint was some people had like ventured over to like Hearthstone and Legends of Runeterra like during kind of a lull to just like yeah. kind of refresh from Magic. Yeah. And they're like, why do these games like make their fun formats free? And Wizards is like charging <laughs> no, you us must for, pay. Yeah, charging us for omniscience draft where like sometimes you're on the draw and you yeah. just don't do anything. You just lose <laughs> on the spot. Yeah. And it's like like all these other games like make these formats free. Wizards is like, mm mm. Omniscience us- is also Phantom, right? No, I think it's actually real. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, if they made it phantom and free in, but yeah. no, no. Yeah. They're like, why, why do we pay for these when all these other games give it for free? Mm. Wizards is like, don't, don't look at the other game over there. Only here. Money machine. Go burr. Yeah. Have we, have we mentioned you get to delete all your other lands and just play snow lands? Like, can I can I just set up a default to put Snowlands in my deck? No, damn it. So I wonder how Arena's going to handle that. Because you have to draft them. You do, but you you don't draft normal lands. You don't. So, like, are you going to have to draft four of each of these before it'll let you put as many as you want into your standard decks? I don't know. Probably not. I would hope not. I get assuming very that you're just going to have like infinite these. Here's a question. Do they count as commons for like wildcard progression for like the vault? I have no idea. Yeah, there we go. There's there. There are the, there are the hard questions for everyone. Yeah. Oh, I am happy. I do get another um, colorless land for my Ugin historic Ugin? Brawl deck. Yeah. Yeah. Connect- the Muta vault. Yeah, Faceless Haven can never, ever, 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 ever activate its ability, but it's fine. So, um, that's not true. How can I? I would have three snow. Per yeah, month. yeah. You need um the ring. Oh, the mana rock. Well, the one that copies itself. Yeah, there you go. So I can play that one. Yeah, we figured it out. Goodbye, mana geode. Hello. Locating ring. Yeah. Snow mana geode. Yeah. So, okay. Could activate it. There you go. That's my goal. 
is to win a game with Faceless Haven only <laughs> after having replicating ring out for Chick's thing. Eight uh, turns. Eight turns. <laughs> Ugin couldn't do it on his own. Had to call it, had to call him the sneaky igloo to get it done. You could do it in less than eight turns if you had a Kern's Bastion. Of course I do. Just proliferate every turn. There you, there you go. <laughs> We're just going hard on the igloo. Let's go, Ooh. buddy. So I think this makes a show. We have a show. So It was you, a hard start, but now now we're here. Yeah, we're cruising now. Yeah. So if you would like to get at us on Twitter, you can tweet us at Casual Tripod. Yep, you can hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. You can drop us an email at show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Don't forget if you're looking to pick up any singles, maybe some stuff for the snow deck that we were talking about, or if you don't have your snow basics yet, uh, use our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Anything you purchase after following that link will get a small sliver of to help keep the show rolling. If you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Uh, they get early access to our pre-show. Uh, you also get access to our show notes so you know what's coming up on that week for the show. And I got something a little special I'm working on for our patrons too. Should be rolling out soon. Which reminds me, if you're a patron and you haven't responded to my email, please do that. Yes. Uh, yeah. I need your address. So hit me up. Uh, also, we have a Discord channel. Uh, link should be in the description. It's also on Twitter and Facebook. And if you want to get in and can't find out how get at us however you can and we'll shoot you a link let us know what you guys want to hear about if you got any questions or show ideas or whatever that's the place to do it uh, i think both of us hang out there probably more than any any of our other social media so hit us up on discord yep we will see you on the internet yep we'll see you guys on the internets 